Welcome to the Broken Pie Chart Podcast, episode 122. I'm your host, Derek Moore, and this week we're going to be talking about options pricing or really options made easy, options pricing made easy, question mark. Is that possible? Look, I know over the last couple of weeks, I've done some episodes. We talked about the Fed. Uh, We did, uh, Jay Pesticelli and myself did an episode where we talked about the concept of of buying but hedging. And of course, that was episode number 120. Uh, That was a few weeks ago. And some really surprising data, literally shocking if you miss just the two best days of the year what it does to your returns and kind of the solution to not trying to time the market. But I know I've been talking about Fed tapering, overnight repos, reverse repos, uh, inflation, a little of that stuff. And, and, you know, a couple of people said, you know, you haven't really talked about options specifically, though Jay and I did touch on how we hedge with options. Again, that's episode 120. Uh, But so I said, sure, I'll I'll go ahead and, uh, uh, maybe answer some questions that I get from time to time and some frequent questions. And one of the ones that I, I do get quite often is, you know, how, why are some options priced higher than others? What, what goes into the options pricing? And, you know, someone even said to me, look, uh, I look at GameStop, I look at AMC, the quote unquote meme stocks, stocks where the, you know, the Reddit, Wall Street bets crowd is following. Why is it that some of those options that I see are so much more expensive? And why are ones really far out really expensive still? So let's let's go through a couple things. And I'm going to pick two stocks to use this on. I'm going to do, uh, let's see, 3M. Why 3M? I, no rhyme or reason, really. Just 3M is a stock that's uh, certainly not an internet stock. It's not uh, a meme stock. It's, you know, uh, was it mining materials and uh, what's the third M? Oh, I should have looked that up before the, the podcast here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google that right now, uh, make sure that I do that. But, you know, 3M, um, I'm going to say, what do 3M stand for? Hopefully I can find that. Oh, Minnesota. That's right. Minnesota Mining and Manufacturing. How could I how could I forget that? All right. Thank you, Internet. What would we do without the Internet? I would have been thinking, trying to think through that the entire time, and I wouldn't have remembered it. But, you know, their company has been around many, many years, uh, an old line company. And uh, so their volatility, at least as we look at today, is, is a little bit less. So, Let's let's start with 3M, and I'll kind of take you through a little bit about just a an option series, how I read the options prices, what goes into it, and what an options what implied volatility is really saying about the prospects for a stock, just on on pure movement. So 3M closed on Friday about 194.75, so $194.70. Five cents. Okay, fair enough. So, 3M. If I'm going to use the let's use the the regular July expiration. So, buying and selling options. You can buy options. You can sell options. You can do spreads, combinations of all sorts of things, and you can use it to hedge. You can also use them to speculate. 
And, you know, a lot of people uh, do both of those. I think more people speculate with options than, than actually hedge. But let's, let's look at uh, a July expiration, which is 20 calendar days remaining and July 16th. So that's a, a Friday. And why did I pick this expiration? I just, I wanted to pick something, you know, relatively close and then we'll compare it to, to GameStop's. And so for this one, what I did was, and of course, there's calls and puts, uh, the owner of a call, it's probably worth taking 30 seconds to just remind everybody of this. The owner of a call has the right, but not the obligation to exercise or buy uh, generally 100 shares of stock for every contract they own. And so the, the call owner would want the stock to go up. Uh, a put owner has the right to sell uh, but they're not obligated to do so, to sell at a certain price. And so a, a put owner wants the stock to go down in, in general terms. And if you're the seller of options, and we're assuming it's not spread off against anything, a seller is obligated where owners have rights, but uh, buyers have rights, sellers have obligations. And so someone who's selling a call option is obligated to deliver shares at that strike price, even if the stock is much higher. And so that's why selling something like Naked Calls is can be pretty risky because uh, although I've never st bought a stock that went to infinity, in theory, stocks can go up forever, right? All right, so back to our example. So I'm gonna use the July, uh, this July, uh, July 16th of 2021 has about 20 calendar days remaining until it expires on expiration day. And it actually has about 14 trading days. So 14 trading days, days where the market is open, 20 calendar days left. And so if we look at with the stock at 194.75, I'm going to look for an option that is at the money or around the money. So to be absolutely perfectly be at the money, you would have to use a strike price that was equal to 194.75, right? So I'm going to use the, what are we doing here? We'll use the, oh, okay, 192.5. So this one is around the money. And when we have a call option, for example, if uh, the strike price is 192.50 and the options price is 194.75, this is in the money. In the money means the stock is below the strike price. It would be out of the money if the stock price was above the call price, and it would be absolutely perfectly at the money if the stock price equaled the strike price. And we're just talking about the call side now. But generally, you know, when you think about the at the money options, you're thinking about, you know, around the money, the ones right near it. So the 192.50 call option for July is currently trading at about, or at least it closed, right around $4.55. All right. So since this one is a little bit in the money, what makes up an options price? Okay. There is, if a stock is in the money, you have the intrinsic value meaning how much is it in the money. You have time value, which is the extrinsic value. And 
furthermore, what goes into the price of an option is the time to expiration, the implied volatility, meaning what's the market's expectation for this underlying asset, whether it be an index, a commodity, a stock, a currency, uh, what's the propensity of it moving X distance, right? And also the dividends. So stocks that pay dividends, uh, since on X dividend date, in theory, the stock has to be reduced for the amount of the dividend. That will be reflected in call prices. And by the way, the dividend will also be reflected in put prices as well. So the higher the dividend, uh, the greater the impact on calls and puts. And the more juice, let's say, from dividends that will be put into the, the put side of the equation. So going back to our example here, we've got this call to 455, and the intrinsic value is $2.25. Why is it that? Because we're doing a 192.5 call, and 3M closed at 194.75. So it is in the money. Of the 455, 225 is the intrinsic value. The remaining is the extrinsic value, or sometimes called the, the time value remaining. All right. So this stock, by the way, uh, has an implied volatility of 20.59%. All right. And I'll, I'll kind of get to what implied volatilities mean, how it trickles down into the price of an option. Now, we're talking about an option that has 14 trading days to go and 20 calendar days. So not that long. And this one right now, the 192.5 call strike, as I said, was $4.55. If we go out all the way to January of 2023, that's 573 calendar days away. It's more than a year. That's a long time. And that's what's called, refer to leap options. So leap options, I forget what the strict definition is, but those are ones that have usually more than a year to go. All right, so you'll see, uh, although the January 22s are only, you know, they're not not that far away now, I guess, only about six, uh, six months coming up, right? Six, seven months. But the Jan 23s, and at some point, they'll be Jan 24s. So long-term equity anticipation product. Wow. If I, I, I might have nailed that acronym. Uh, I, I, if I had to think about that again, I might not have. So this one, there's no one in 92 and a half call strikes going out that far, but there is a 190. And the 190 is currently trading at $22.50. So think about that. Two and a half dollars less in the strike. But yeah, I mean, we go from 455 all the way to, to 22 and a half. So quite a bit of time premium left on that. And that's naturally, you would expect that. The more time something has, the greater probability, all, all else equal, that something is likely to get to a certain point. It's kind of like if you said, uh, if somebody came out of just a, a 7-Eleven store and you were going to try and figure out like, what's the probability this person in the next two hours will get, you know, how far in miles or steps, what's the probability they get somewhere? Well, if they only have an hour, probably not too far away from the store, but they, if they have a full year, 
there's a greater probability this person coming out of a 7-Eleven convenience store could wind up a, a lot further distance away from the store, certainly. So it's kind of a good example of how going out further in time, uh, the more premium. So the question that comes up a lot is, uh, you know, Derek, I see these, these options and the stock price is relatively the same. So why is the premium, I mean, the price for these options so different across different stocks? And here we get to the implied volatility, which is the, the volatility components. When you're pricing an option, there's the in the money, out of the money. There's the time to expiration. There's the dividend. There are interest rates. So interest rates, you don't normally hear about that too much. I'm not talking about the dividend. I'm talking about your cost of carry or the risk-free rate, things like that. So those tend to not, I mean, those don't change that much. Um, and even if you, if interest rates went up or down, something like an option that has 20 days to go, you know, the amount of, uh, interest that would be changed on notional carries is not that great. So, but volatility is one of the, really the major drivers of differences across different assets in option pricing. And also is a great, does a, a, a really big, it's a really big part of how it implicates, uh, you know, options prices as well. So I said I would talk about GameStop, and let me let me kind of get to uh, we call it an option chain. So here's a chain means I'm looking at all the months, all the strikes, all these different uh, contracts. And by the way, if you're at home and you, you've never invested with options before, traded options, don't listen to this and then go out and open an account, or don't don't do that. Um, I, I assure you, uh, there is much more to learn about options and, you know, look, we, we use options. Uh, we both sell volatility, uh, where we sell spreads deep out of the money. We also use options to hedge. We use options to synthetically create long exposure, shift around the profit loss curves. There's a lot that goes into this. And so, uh, this is for entertainment purposes only, as they say. But um, even among my my clients, I you know, a lot of them have a natural interest in acquiring more knowledge in the space, and so you know, a lot of the, a lot of what I'm doing right now is coming from questions that I get from clients, uh, or either hedging or, or doing other strategies for. So, so GameStop is the one that's been in the news since February, the Reddit traders and the people on the message boards. So to kind of give you a, a, a difference, remember our, our option that we looked at on 3M with the stock at, uh, what do we say the stock was? 194.75. We were looking at the 192.5 call strike for July, and that was $4.55. So you know, about $2.25 in the money. I mean, the price was $2.25 below the strike price. So now let's look at, what do we want to look at? GameStop closed at about 209 dollars 
on Friday. So if we look at GameStop and we look at, uh, let's look at the 210 call. So this one will be slightly out of the money. Why is it out of the money? Because the strike is 210 and the stock was 209.5. So it's 50 cents below uh, the 210 level. So it is out of the money because it's below. This one, remember 455 for a stock that was $2 in the money. So only 225 extrinsic value, time value. This one uh, closed the other day at $26. So you have the same month, 20 calendar days, 14 uh, trading days. This one is 50 cents out of the money and it is trading at $26. It means the extrinsic value was $26. Remember our 3M one? The extrinsic value was only $2.30. So why is that? Why can we have one stock, same expiration against another stock, and the other one is so much more expensive? Well, this is where we get to the implied volatility, or IV. Implied volatility on GameStop for this month um, across the chain is about 159 Seven five percent. Remember, 3M was only 20.59%. And what that means is the market's expectations expressed through implied volatility is much greater probability of this stock being, if you could see my hands, being either here or here than 3M. Okay? So... This one here, um, in fact, let's let's look here just for, uh, what is it, Kicks and Grins? I don't, I can't remember what that acronym is. All right, so we said $26, right, for the, the $210 strike. Well, if we go all the way to January of 2023, it's January, yeah, January 2023, 573 calendar days away. That 210 is $106.75. $106.75. So quite a bit more. Um, although it's still only about five times the value. Well, this one's less than five times, but uh, of the, the July one. And so more time to expiration, more time value in that. And it's worth noting that the implied volatility on the January of 23 across that, that segment of the chain is 125%. So lower volatility further out than sooner or closer in volatility. So why does volatility matter? Well, remember I talked about our person. We said, hey, you just came out of the 7-Eleven and you walk like a, an average person walks, what's the probability you'll be, you know, draw a, a circle on a map further away from 7-Eleven? What's the probability you'll, you'll be a certain distance away within an hour? Well, what if we had someone, you know, Usain Bolt, who is, by the way, the, I think he's still the current Olympic gold medal holder in the 100-meter dash. And we would assume that his implied volatility or the probability of him being further away within the next hour from a 7-Eleven would be, be a higher probability that he would get further away. 
So implied volatility is a major component in option pricing. And so there's a couple things here, and this could get really complicated really quickly. I'll complicate it a little bit for you, but then I'll uncomplicate it very quickly. So if we look back at our July expiration, 14 trading days to expiration, right? Um, so 159.75 implied volatility versus a 20.59 implied volatility on 3M, GameStop versus 3M. So what does that mean? Well, options in a lot of regards, the expression of, of option prices have a lot to do with the square root of time or, or how much time is left to expiration. And so generally there's 252 trading days in a year. So if you add in another holiday, it would actually go to 251. By the way, in leap years, we have the extra day in February. Uh, last time we had a leap year, it went to 253. So that accounts for weekends and holidays. So how does that, what does that really mean? Well, if you take the square root of 252, it's about 15.875 and then a whole bunch of numbers to the right. You would keep going on and on and on. But that number matters because if we have an implied volatility, we can divide the implied volatility by that 15.875 and we can try and figure out what a one standard deviation range is for our underlying stock. Uh, so if we take 159.75 divided by 15.875, which is the square root of 252, we come up with 10.06%. What does that mean? Remember the bell curve in school? Well, 68% of the time it's saying on a one-day trading session only, uh, one standard deviation range would be, you know, 10.06%, okay? On 3M with our volatility or implied volatility, 20.59, a one-day expected move or, or expected one standard deviation range is only 1.3%. 10%? versus 1.3%. Okay, but we have options that don't expire in one day. We're using the example of the July 16th, which is 14 trading days to expiration. Well, if you take the square root of 14, it's 3.74. You take that times the percent, so times the 10.06, and we get 37.62%. Basically what that's saying is, and by the way, it's 4.86% on our 3M example, uh, GameStop, at least according to Friday's prices and, and the data in the options market, we would say one standard deviation range is about 37.62% over the next 14 trading days for GameStop, only 4.86% for 3M. Okay, I said I would get complicated and then I would uncomplicate it. Here's the uncomplicated part. What I just did was, was did a, a couple quick you know, back of the envelope comp, uh, calculation. There's a little more that goes into it than that. But the point is that the reason why one stock strike price that's, you know, right around the money and another stock where strike price is right around the money is so different is the expectations. And certainly if you've been following the news, you know that GameStop AMC, a bunch of other stocks, those have been quite volatile of late. And they saw moves that were really, really, you know, pretty, pretty wide, right? 
uh, 3M. I haven't been, you know, per se following 3M, nor have I been following GameStop or AMC every single day. Uh, but 3M certainly has had less historical volatility in its stock price than GameStop. And the expectation going forward for probability is of moves up or down, not really necessarily picking a direction, is much greater than 3M. Why did I pick those stocks? As I said in the beginning, one is a stock that does not have a high volatility. It's an older line company. And one is all over the news and in the Reddit forums and chat rooms and all that stuff. Now, it's also worth noting, um, so hopefully that makes sense. I mean, it's just, we say all else equal, it never is. But all else equal, when you look at two different stocks, the one that has the higher expected probability of a higher trading range is going to have options that are priced higher. And that's how that works. So to give you kind of an example, remember that we said uh, our option um, for 3M that we picked out was priced at 455, but it was already $2.25 in the money. So let's anchor on that $2.30 extrinsic value, okay? Now, I'm going to show you something that's, I think it's kind of, uh, might surprise you. So if we think about $2.30 as the extrinsic value, now I'm going to look at GameStop, and I'm going to see where I could pay $2.30 for a call option that expires in July. And there's actually not one that I can buy for that price. Why is that? Well, the strikes, the highest the strikes go is 800. Remember, GameStop closed at $2.09. 800, think about 800. 800 implies that your stock, well, it doesn't imply, but I can just tell you what, what percent where I'll move in the, um, in the stock. What is that? That's like 281% above its current price. So if I go to the 800 strike, it's $3 to buy that one. Again, 14 days to expiration. And you might say, wait a second. The, the extrinsic value of something, because uh, remember, extrinsic value of, of a $3 option on the 800 strike, it's all extrinsic value. So you can't even buy something right now. I mean, I guess if there were eight, if there were strikes that went to, you know, 825 or 850, maybe you get down there. But that's how the implied volatility is informing that, that option chain. Because one stock, you'd say, well, you know, what, what's the likelihood of 3M doubling? And I have no idea, you know, doubling twice or almost tripling in the next 14 days. I have no idea. But the options market's saying it's not very likely. With GameStop, and I should point out that it's the same thing. If you went down in price, uh, you would have to go, you know, down a bit in the put side too to find a strike that was, uh, you know, that was that was lower. So what this, what you should take from this is number one: don't listen to this and trade options. There's a lot that goes into it. Okay, I'm being serious there. Um, number two is. There's a lot that goes into options pricing, but volatility is a major, major component. And I guess, is there a three? I don't know if there's a three. And the three is just, hopefully this explains, 
you know, if you're kind of started looking at some of these option chains, why there's such a difference. Um, oh, and by the way, if you are owning an option or if you've sold an option, guess what? If that implied volatility changes, you could see in some instances the move that you want, but still be down money because the implied volatility jumped uh, significantly or materially and you were either holding an option or short an option. So, all right, hopefully that helped, uh, you know, and I didn't confuse you too much. It's a it's kind of a, a technical thing, but I've been getting, uh, you know, like I said, a, a few clients have asked me recently and I thought it was worth doing an episode. We've done a lot of stuff on the Fed. We've done inflation. Uh, we talked about overnight reverse repos, which by the way, um, I think 800 billion now, the Federal Reserve last week actually did uh, 800 billion in overnight reverse repos, which is kind of a staggering amount. You can go back and listen to that episode that was uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, and also and remember, uh, go ahead and share this with someone you think that might help. Um, you of course can rate and review and five star and do all that stuff, but honestly, I'd rather you just take the time and forward these episodes or forward. Uh, the show, whether it's in Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcast, Pocket Cast is a good one. And, uh, you know, obviously uh, appreciate the, uh, the questions. A lot of these episodes are listener questions or suggestions. So if you have one of those, by all means, reach out to me. And with that, have a great week. And oh, by the way, next week, next week's show, uh, I think we're going to have a, a special guest on um, if uh, everything kind of falls into place. And this person is uh, kind of an expert in in senior loans, difference between senior loans and and uh, and bonds and how companies issue capital and a number of things. So really excited to have this person on. I will uh, give you leave you in suspense as to who it is. But uh, I look forward to a really good episode next week. Uh, and of course, this one's a great one too. But I think next week is going to be really good with our special guest. All right, everyone. Have a good week. Bye.